Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. You guys ready? Ready. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Die Living Podcast brought to you by Softlead. And uh, today we have with us Cody Alford, John Dill, our regular co-host, yeah. along with uh, Brian. <clears throat> Thank Hello. you, Brian, for joining us. The uh, the unsung hero of the Softlead Podcast. Oh, I'm sung all right. <laughs> <laughs> the formerly unsung hero of the Softlead Podcast. And I uh, want to thank our sponsors, CrossFit Suisponte of Raleigh and Durham, Freedom Munitions, Loophole Optics, Combat Flip Flops. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, today, we are going to be talking to, well, I guess all of us, we're all going to be talking about uh, entrepreneurship, but specifically with John about veteran entrepreneurship. Yeah. I know this is a topic that's been covered by a lot of people mm -hmm. um, and by us to a certain degree uh, beforehand. But uh, I think we we continue to see this topic come up in conversation, um, partly because it's what we do. Right. Um, and I think that we also see a lot. I know for Softly, we get a lot of emails from people about you know how to kind of take the first steps, mm -hmm. um, or you know maybe the second or third steps, and you know plug different holes. But I also think that there's a lot of questions that people have or assumptions about entrepreneurship um, and lots of other jobs that are totally incorrect. And while I think that it's true that there's like this, you know, that you hear the cliche all the time of, you know, uh, or at least I feel like I hear the cliche all the time of, you know, entrepreneurship. It's like I quit my 40 hour a week job to do the 80 hour a week job that I love. It's like, all right, man, like, Give yourself a pat on the back. You're, yeah, you're you're a hard working yeah, man. Yeah, don't throw your like, shoulder out. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> um, and I, I I don't know. I think that to a certain extent, it's like, man, if you if the, if you're doing something that you enjoy, like you're going to be working hard at it no matter what, right? Right. Um, so, I think that's a given. Like to me, you know, hard work to me is like one step behind the starting line. Like mm. that's not the first step. That's you know not the that's beginning. An, that's an assumption, right? That's yeah, a, it's that's like a prerequisite. Yeah. Okay, like if it's gonna, if anything's gonna work, that's already gonna be there. Now, now, what do you do? Right. Um. So, yeah, John. I guess you know you own two gyms right now. Yep. You're taking over uh, another family business pretty soon. Yes. And yeah. that is a lot to juggle. You know, I'm sure you've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, when you decided to open your first gym, you know what. What went through your mind? What what made you think, hey, this is what I want to do? And you were leaving, it's not really a corporate atmosphere, but more of like a bureaucratic Very atmosphere. Very bureaucratic right? atmosphere, yeah. Um, and so specifically with that in mind, because I think a lot of people are in that situation and they probably hear the siren song of, of entrepreneurship. Right. Like, Be your own boss. Like, right. you know, open a gym, do something cool. Right. Um, you know what? What was it? What were the eye-opening experiences for you? Or things that you wish that you had you had learned no, beforehand, kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, you had to learn the hard way. That's, that's especially great, in the beginning. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think 
I think I was extremely naive in the beginning in terms of what it really takes to, to, to create a successful business mm-hmm. and, and naive about the fact that you're doing just that, right? When you're going into opening your own business, you, you have to create the framework with it within which to perform and succeed in the first place. Right. right. And you're either doing that, you know, going into it, knowing that and doing it consciously and, and with, with effort, or you're just duct taping shit as you go without even really realizing that's what you're doing. Yep. And then in the beginning, it was definitely the former, right? It was definitely, it was like going into it. It was like, Oh, I just, you know, I open a gym and people show up and give me money, you know, and <laughs> right. then I'm, you know, I'm coming up with, you know, and then about eight months into it, realized like I, can, I literally can't do everything myself. Mm-hmm. I can't coach all these classes and do the marketing and do the administrative and come up with the way ahead and, yeah. and you know, have a actual framework with which to, to work within. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of times, especially with in the vet, vet vet world, you know, as far as entrepreneurship, it's like, yeah, the military really set me up for success when it came to being an entrepreneur. Maybe in some instances it did. I, I, I was talking about this with a friend of the day. Um, the military didn't really do shit in terms of setting me up for success as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. I mean, really? there's lessons I took from that, but you come, you come from an environment that's extremely structured, right? Mm-hmm. Where job descriptions are laid out and uh, w- with immense detail, everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do. And, you know, you're doing some personnel management as far as plugging, plugging people where they need to be and evaluating them. But all that as a, as an entrepreneur, unless you're taking over some kind of like pre-existing franchise, but if you're truly creating your own business from scratch, you have to create all that framework, right? right? It's, you know, there's a lot of guys that could, could be superstars in a bureaucratic environment like the military where it's like, Hey, you know, uh, this existing structure, this existing reporting chain of command and everything's already in place and I can thrive within that, but it's a whole different skill set to r- literally be creating that from scratch. Yeah. Look, right. And on top of so, that, there's like a manual for everything in the military. Exactly. You know, if you've got a question right. about something or the process of something, right. you just look up the regs, right. you look up the manual, you read it and you execute that. Right. There's not, there does exist, there's a billion books on entrepreneurship out there. Right. But all of them are speaking in generalities. Sure. Generalities. Everybody's got their own opinion and how things work. And obviously you got to figure out. But so I, I went into that side of it extremely with, uh, with a, extremely naive and was just like it had some pretty good gut instincts when it came to things and but it's funny till this day i'll talk to people like oh you know what do you do oh you know i own, I own two crossfit gyms oh and, and that's it like yeah motherfucker <laughs> that's it it's a lot yeah, man yeah, it's a lot but you know i don't take it personally because unless sure. you've ever run your own business or tr- done something truly entrepreneurial in the sense that like you created it from scratch you know it, yeah i mean before i did it i didn't realize how much of work it was oh you open a gym people come they pay you for memberships you provide good programming it's that simple, right? Well, no, it turns out right. it's not. There's a lot more to it, especially in terms of <clears throat> making an actual profit. So, yeah, no, bu- no, there is no business that's, you know, you just plug and play. Open the door right. and watch the cash roll in. Yeah. Well, and it's not glamorous. No. You know, like the development of your business from scratch is not a glamorous thing. Like right. a lot of people, a lot of people I've known have failed at it because the actual nuts and bolts and mechanics of owning the business that they were running right. involved an enormous amount of paperwork, mm-hmm. you know, like making sure the books are done, making sure your taxes are done properly, right. making sure you've got the proper permits. Whether you're you know? running a CrossFit gym or selling dog biscuits, right? It's, yeah. That part doesn't change. And so. none of that's sexy. What's no. sexy is making like strategic decisions right. about things. And, you know, everybody wants to be that guy. But right. When it comes, especially when you're a startup and you're the dude. There's no one to turn right. to and delegate right. to. Right. And that, I think that was a big turning point for me a few years into it was embracing that for what it was. 
Like, you know, all the admin, all the unsexy stuff, it was like, uh, I would just do it almost when I had to, or there was impetus or when it piled up to the point. And now it's like just embracing that as part of the process. Like, hey, I'm building something. Sure. You got to look at a business that's like, like whether you're rebuilding an old truck like Cody had or, you know, it's, it's a project. I mean, it's very analogous, I think. And Stephen Pressfield um, is an author, yeah. um, but he, he wrote some Gates books of on fire. Gates of yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, Gates of Fire. And he, he, he has a book called Do the Work where mm-hmm. he, it, it's, it's inspiration for artists and entrepreneurs alike because he, he considers them to be one and the same and that you know it's it's a creation it's something you're forming and i've learned to to take pride in that and passion in that and so now i have job descriptions and i have you know key performance indicators and i have people working for me instead of you know and it, it's you know i was doing marketing to begin with i just wasn't calling it what it was and 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 having a way to be accountable towards it and you know, it's like, oh man, well, I should probably post something on Facebook because I haven't done that. In a you know what I mean? So yeah, no. Well, and it's it's <coughs> funny too, like because people always see the finished product of a business. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's running and it's successful and it's up, right. and they it's really hard for them to see in their minds the amount of work that took to get to that position. Right. And I've made the analogy before to people that it's like it's like looking at a, a great painting mm-hmm. or a great drawing. Like when you look at the drawing, most people see it and they go like, man. That's really detailed. Mm. I bet it took a long time for that person to like draw that and make all those brushstrokes and store, sort of stuff like that. And well, now, now imagine as a business owner, you you had never drawn anything before, right? And you're like, you know what? I want to replicate that drawing right. that I saw. Well, now you've got to learn how to draw a wing, yep. you know, how to draw a hand, or all this. There's a million little small steps that require a lot of skill and detail. It's a great analogy. That yeah you've never done before never and now you're figuring to consider, it out. You know? And then when you're done with the picture, people see it and they're like, oh, that's pretty neat. It's, yeah, good. it's yeah. a good picture. Hey, good job, man. You're, you're like, good. yeah. And, you and, throw you that know, together on the weekend? And, <laughs> and that's, I think that's something that's important for, for anybody that's out there, veteran or not, that's looking to start your own business is you got to realize right off the bat that unless someone has done, done the same, it started their own business. They're not going to be able to relate to the amount of work. It's kind of like you said, Aaron, like I work, I'm working 80 hours. No one gives a shit. Yeah, no one cares, man, and they're not yeah. gonna be able to relate to it. So you know, you, you get offended, like, oh, that's all you do. You're like that, if they, they have no frame of reference, unless they've they've done the same, they have no frame of reference for them. It's just, I mean, I I had no idea how much work it was going to take. Well, and the so. other thing is, is the like in a regular job or a bureaucratic job in the military or whatever, right? Quitting time happens on Friday. That's right. You close up your laptop, you shut down your workspace, and like the world keeps spinning. Right? There's right. somebody else doing work. The thing, the the stuff that's working in the background continues to work. Mm-hmm. But if you're the man and you're running a business, like if you're not working or the processes that are in place for you to earn money aren't squared away, you're yeah. literally not earning money. Right. Food is not going onto your table. <clears throat> right. You're, so you're, all, like, you're well, only shit. screwing yourself at the end of the day. You're yeah. shit. Well, I got to yeah. be here till 1 a.m. just yeah. because I fucked up the billing yeah. for a bunch of customers. Right. And I yeah, like, need to get paid. Right. The buck stops with you. Yeah. Yep. I think that, uh, well, there's a few things. One, I think that just in general, like it's always been the case that people, people are drawn to success, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, successful people in like whatever career field it is, like other people are drawn to that is like a, a magnet. People want to, people want to like touch the magic, right? You right. know, whether you're the most amazing basketball player or businessman or whatever. Recently, I think probably with coinciding with reality TV, I think we've seen the kind of like sexification of all of these career paths that really were not like that glamorous before, you know, especially 
Law. Like, <laughs> law. Or, I mean, cooking, man. Like, being a chef is a fucking hard, oh, hard, talk hard, about a hard job, industry, man. yeah. Like, Jeez. you know, razor thin margins, fucking horrible hours. Extremely competitive. Long days. Yeah. You know, shitty work environments, um, especially like old school, you know, just, uh, you know, coming up under like really harsh, like, atmospheres, right? You know, right. not necessarily. Zero tolerance for any kind of screw ups or. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, like fast paced, you know, no bullshit. Like you, you, it wasn't like a people pleasing type of atmosphere. If you ever worked in a restaurant, um, which I think everyone should work in a restaurant at some point. Yeah, just, uh, agreed. Just to get that experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you are someone who ever eats in a restaurant, I think you should have spent some time working yeah. in a restaurant. Um, but yeah, I mean, now, you know, there's like the food channel and like Top Chef and all this stuff. And it's like, man. You know, like the the guys, Gordon Ramsay, the guys who have these empires, Emeril Lagasse, you know, they're businessmen now. They're not really chefs anymore, right? right. Like no. they're they're overseeing the expansion of a restaurant empire. Uh, sure, I'm, they do some cooking here and there, but they're not really working as chefs, you know, or cooks in a kitchen. Yeah. Um, and the people that are, man, you know, like, again, nights, weekends, um, you know, those guys don't necessarily start at like five o'clock. Right. I mean, food prep starts at, you know, midday or earlier, uh, even if there is no lunch shift. So with that and with the dot com bubble, I think there's been this whole thing of like, hey, you know, entrepreneurship, like, you know, chef, like these are these really sexy things. And, and that draws people to the image of the job mm-hmm. rather than like the job itself. Right. You know, like Big time. I want I want uh, I want to be this guy. You know, there were. I saw this myself, um, like back in the trading floor of Chicago, and I've heard other people write about it. it. Was like, you knew a guy wasn't gonna succeed when he showed up on his first day, and he had like business cards that were like, you know, so and so trader. It's like, dude, you're not like you're never gonna hand out a business card. But that rep- like clearly in your mind, you're like, this is this is who I am. Like I'm this guy, right? So you're saying you know? that they're doing it for the they're to be the, the, self-identify with the title or exactly. the, the image. They want the image right. of, of that job oh rather God. than it even has a watermark. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, I'm like those are investment bankers. Those <laughs> those guys are douchebags. Um, totally different. But uh, yeah, and and I'm sure that. You know, it's the same thing, like in special operations, like guys are drawn to, you know, like relaxed grooming standards or, you know, I mean, I know. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. The, the greatest recruiting tool in special operations is units being attached like to special operations units overseas because all they see is the trappings. You know, you're doing the same job, like, you know, you're living on the same base or whatever, but these yeah. guys can wear beards. These guys can what whatever uniforms they want. These guys can do this. But behind closed doors, like in that that tactical operations center that those guys never get to go inside, what they don't see is you staying up till 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like yep. when their work day is done or whatever, they go off because they don't have any real res- – I'm talking about like a private or whatever. He doesn't got a responsibility to his, – his weapon's clean, his freaking ammo's good, his like work is done, and then he's done. Yeah. Um, whereas like – the other dude, you just got like way, way more responsibility, and they don't see right. that. They don't. They don't think of it that way. They just think of like you popping out of there with your sweet beard and the gun that they've never seen before. Right. Well, and that's like, if you don't have a love for the process and a love for the job. Like when shit gets hard, no matter what the job is, like shit's gonna get hard, right? Yeah. And when it does, 
you know, what's what's going to be your motivation to, to keep going forward? Right. I know, I mean, I just brought this up, but like my buddy Dan, who you guys met, um, you know, who's the commander of the Raleigh Recruiting Battalion now. Yeah. I mean, he was telling me when he was at selection, like one of the guys next to him was like, they were talking. He's like, yeah, I'm here because I want to be able to, like, I want to be able to roll my sleeves up. You know, like I want to like not have to tuck my shirt in or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And he was just like, man, you know, that guy like didn't make it through selection and you know, I don't know wh- exactly what happened to him, right. but I'm sure that at some point when he's thinking in his mind, like, do I want to keep doing, you know, like he's physically tired or whatever. Like, do I want to keep doing this? Right. Is the motivation for rolling your sh- shirt sleeves up to like, get, get you past point. that hump? And, and, and now very, very similar, you know, s- situation that is, is ranger school classes, right? You got, you have guys there, you have, you got your privates from battalion or spec fours from a battalion and you have butter bar infantry lieutenants. If they go back to their unit without that tab, they don't get to stay. They don't right. get to do a specific job. It's a lifestyle change versus the engineer guy or the, you know, it's like, oh man, this is going to look great on my OER or like, I, I, yeah. I really like the idea of having this patch to put on, on my uniform. It's, yeah, man. And then the shit hits the fan, i.e. you're starving, you're freezing it's not nearly as there's nothing sexy about ranger school, right? Like everybody's like, I'm a good ranger school. I'm like jumping out of fucking planes and like fast roping and like, no dude, like you're shooting blank rounds. You're freezing. You're like nut to butt with another full grown man because you don't want to freeze to death in the middle of the night. Like when all that glamor or preconceived notion of like how awesome this can be wears off. Like if there's, you know, no skin in the game in, in terms of, yeah, a, you know, a lifestyle you want to live or going back somewhere and not being able to do a specific job. Yeah. I, I think s- small business ownership is the same way, right? Like for, for me, when I was in the, a bureaucratic environment in the Pentagon for two years, a lot of people are like, man, how did you get like the courage or that? I really admire you for like stepping away. I mean, it's a well-paid job, benefits, plenty of money, all that. You know, how did you get the courage? You know, how, what, what, how did you, what, how did you take that leap? And for me, as like, as, as a leap I had to take, because mm-hmm. even though I was, had benefits and I was making plenty, I was slowly, tailspinning in that environment because it was, it was horrible. You know, it was, it yeah. wasn't, it didn't matter what the title was or how cool it, it looked on paper. Like I was showing up and doing something every day that there was no, that had no value, no passion, no, no, no identification with, you know? And then, so for me, the small business thing, it wasn't like being, it wasn't about being able to call myself an entrepreneur or small business, it's about being able to create a lifestyle that I could a still provide for my daughters and not turn into a shell of a man that would have been worthless as a father anyway. Yeah. Right. Did so. you hit any points in the beginning where you like really questioned whether you were doing the right thing? Like whether you had made the right choice to open the gym or not? No, no, never, n- never look back. Never had a plan, you know, a, a, a true plan B like mm-hmm. a safety net. I had plenty of times where I asked myself, could I be doing this better? Mm-hmm. But not, should I be not, never should I be doing this at all? Yeah. yeah. Right. No, so, it makes sense. And then, you know, and I'm still learning, you know, six, yeah, what, six years into it, I'm still learning. I'm looking back and there's obviously a lot of things that would have done differently, but I, I never, I never have doubted that initial decision to walk away from, you know, a, and, and, you know, maybe other people, you know, again, if, if I had been in a bureaucratic position, but I felt like I was making some kind of difference or there was some kind of, in, you know, passion involved or you maybe would have been different. I just, you know, had to be honest with myself. It wasn't a decision. It was like, it was like, it was, it felt like I, I had to do it. Well, I've never met any successful business owners or startup people that got into it, kind of what we were going back before, but like got into it with their primary reason for doing it being 
the identity of being an entrepreneur or being a business owner that succeeded. Right. You know, yeah. like I knew quite, a, I knew a guy in college that like he was a bartender. He's bartending on the weekends, you know, make some extra money. He's like, man, you know, my dream is to open up a bar. I really want to open up a bar. It's in my own place. I'm like, cool, man. He's like, why do you want to do that? He's like, well, dude, you know how much money comes in this place? And I see the owner come in. He didn't do shit. Yeah. You know, I'm running around That's like cleaning glasses thinks, right? and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he's like, I want to be the man. So he like, you know, we graduated or he graduated and got some money together and opened up this bar. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> he's like, I don't, he's like, I, what I enjoyed was slinging drinks. You know, right. I enjoyed being that guy and like the hustle of it. Now yep. all I do, I traded in my, my jigger for a laptop. Right. And now I sit up in this up office where I never saw that guy, yeah. like figuring out the margins. Oh shit, Shelly the waitress just stole right. another hundred fifty dollars from me, <laughs> right. but I don't have like another person all to like take her up. place, so I like right. need her. Yeah. And you know, th- th- and you're dealing with all that sort of crap, and that's so, fire and yeah. hire. Yeah, it's a, it's a I haven't I haven't thought about it to this conversation, but it's a great analogy to the special operations community or ranger battalion something like. Oh yeah, that that looks like a great sexy job, and no one sees all the other <coughs> bullshit that comes along with it, right? Yeah, 99%. So. I say it a lot, man. 99% paperwork, 1% boners yeah. and karate. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's special uh, yeah, operations, When I, when I first got out, I was a, you know going to a CrossFit gym, at Outlaw CrossFit up in Alexandria, and there was a, a guy about the same age as me who was doing a similar bureaucratic job, and he's like, one day we're going on our warm-up run. He's like, man, you're so lucky. And, you know, lucky. So he's like, man, I mean, you, you know, you, you're a ranger. Like, you're, you're so lucky. Like, what do you what do you mean? Like now you have that like the rest of your life and like that title or this or that like, you know, you're you're just really lucky to have that. <laughs> and great dude, he was a good friend, and I I understand the impetus where that's coming from. But the reality is, he doesn't know. Like yeah, dude, I also lost some some pretty great friends yeah. at the same time that you were like hanging out in an office and going on going to parties and you know I, I missed a lot of holidays. I missed a, a lot of family moments that I can't get back. You know, there's a lot of sacrifice and I don't, yeah. I didn't yeah. expect and, and him to, I didn't take it the wrong way, True. but it's just, it and on just top of goes, that, luck didn't play into it. Right. You know, you earned that title. Yeah. Se- seven months in ranger school. That wasn't luck. That was yeah. actually some bad luck right? <laughs> and not keeping my mouth shut, but you know, but that's another thing. Same thing with the special operations community and, and the same analogy as own your small business. You can't expect or, or want any kind of like pat on the back or credit or for anybody to truly be able to relate, what it, you, if that's why you're doing it, so that people will look at you or look up to you or be like, "Hey, great job!" Or I know how hard that was. It, it, it's it, if that's the impetus, you're not going to make it through anyway. What's always yeah. what I say, man? <clears throat> like everybody wants to be a ninja until it's time to do like ninja shit. Yeah. <clears throat> and then always tell like the the guys that want to try to come to special operations, like you know, the man makes a job, the job doesn't make the man. So you can be that that bartender, you want to be that boss. But having that title is not going to make you awesome, not going right. to give you respect. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to like what drives you, what motivates you, what's your what's your goals in life. And I think uh, it's on the topic of the special operations, people see social media has diluted like grim and grind and like it has made everything seem so obtainable to people. It's like not a big thing like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Well, you know what? The, these people suck. I'm going to go to these people. Like, dude, you couldn't handle a day in like a training shoe of any of those people. Yeah. And uh, they think they have this right to talk. Well, then, right. you know, not being a, a business owner myself, but, you know, having goals, I find myself like, man, yeah, I'm trying to find that easy button, man. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a great deal. going to open up a shop. going to be baller. Yeah. And then I'm just going to be set. And then like, wait a second. 
what's driving me? There is not a, not the not the drive of like, man, this would be great. I, I've always wanted to sell or do X, helping people. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm thinking short term. I'm like, man, I just want to buy this truck, right? <clears throat> so maybe that's not the right thing for me to invest in, right? Because it, I don't really have a heart, but I think it goes both ways where you can still be successful, but once again, it's the, the man or the woman, the person, the individual makes that opportunity. The opportunity doesn't make that person. I mean, you're yeah. either a good person or a shithead. So um, regardless of your title or what you're, and here's, a, here's an interesting question because I agree, I agree totally. There's a lot of people out there thinking that, but how much of that is the responsibility of, or the, the side effect of the social, which I love social media. I'm a big fan. I'm not, t- but the, the portrayal of these jobs, whether it be in the military or small business owners, you know, it's all glitz and glamour on Instagram, right? Yeah. Like, well, s- especially, you know, e- even with the military stuff, it's like, oh, here's this guy jumping out of the airplane. Yeah. It didn't show all the bullshit that dude had to go yeah. through to get to that point. Well, dude, it's, right. it's, it's definitely been made worse in the social media. Right. Like, yeah. and, I'm guilty, and I'm guilty of it. Look, I, I usually put shit on Instagram and I'm like, this is, this looks cool, right? Well, no one's, so. put, no, like, what's the point? Like, no one's going to put like, oh man, this is my shitty day. Look at all yeah. the paperwork. Look, I freaking at, look at the screenshot, all these bullshit emails I got to deal with today, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. right? That's not cool. No. Yeah. Here's, here's me getting lost in Wikipedia instead of doing the work I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I guess it's going to be another late night. <laughs> I think, like I was saying before, people are naturally drawn to success, right? Mm-hmm. And what's visible in like the, I don't know, you know, national eye spotlight of, of, of what's currently the definition of success is the, the pivot that people make, you know, whether it's like the young dot-com billionaires or, you know, at the height of the global war on terror, mm-hmm. like, you know, the military special operations guys like super high tempo or in the eighties, like the corporate raider. Um, you know, I mean, it's like, there's always been this kind of different shift. Who are the guys that are the high visibility, you know, kind of like sexy success stories at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's going to continue to shift. You know, like, I don't even know what made it be chefs for a little while or, you know, like skateboarders or, you Mm -hmm. know, like whatever. Um, and it'll, it'll, you know, just like everything else, man, everything's a trend. Like everyone's going to have, you know, that thing's going to have its time in the sun and then it's going to move on to something else. Right. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, it's really just about being honest with yourself and, you know, making sure you're listening to kind of that voice. Everyone, I don't, it, it, we're, we're really good at suppressing those, those inner voices Mm -hmm. and like feelings. Um, based on what we are, uh, you know, somehow conditioned to think that we want to do or that we're supposed to do mm-hmm. even, uh, you know, to kind of like make other people happy or, you know, yeah. build, build ourselves up in like the eyes of someone that we are, we think should be measuring us. Um, but I think, yeah, like with, you know, Cody, we were just talking the other day, kind of going through like, Hey, one month review of how things are going with the internship so far. And when Cody came on, you know, you were talking very much about being focused on, you know, like film production and like really wanting to really wanted to focus on film. And we've seen that, you know, you are still very interested in that. However, there are like other things you're you're being drawn to. And I can see like where when you <laughs> yeah. get to spend your time, like, hey, what am I going to do today? <clears throat> you know, it it the the way you make those decisions like speak truth about what you want to do um and so 
I think that it's awesome to like to see you be honest about that, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to kind of continue down that path. Yeah, I hope so for sure. I mean, uh, definitely graphic design and that whole development and product development. That it's 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 interesting to me. It's completely far opposite right. of like what I. So you're getting energy back from it while you're doing it, right? You're not fighting that uphill battle. Well, you know, <clears throat> it's it's the one thing I can do, and like I come into a status like. I'm like super like lethargic and tired like I am now, but I could just kind of sit there and nerd out on my computer and like hopefully bang out some designs or, you know, watch a YouTube on how to do something. And I mean, I really enjoy that. Uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm tired of going home and like finding time to do my hobbies. Mm-hmm. Like I want my hobbies, just like my truck. <clears throat> I don't want to be 60, 70 years old and look back at all the times I could have had the windows down with that fucking air blowing in my face, just like living the dream, you know, like being appreciative of all the things that I have in life and, you know, the, the way aheads and be like, man, it's too late. Like I have all this scar tissue. I can't feel the wind in my face, and <laughs> you know, or I'm, you know, blind or I can't drive, you know, something I don't want to wait. And I don't want to, <clears throat> I did 15 years of service because I wanted to, I signed up for it. But there are some things I just didn't want to do. People I didn't want to work with. I mean, I I am tired of meetings. And for anyone out there, if your meeting begins with an acronym, like I don't want to go to it. Like your cubs, <laughs> bubs, dubs, I don't care. COCs, talks, like you can take all that shit and shut up your butt because I don't care. Right. Like I want to go to a business meeting. Hey, hey guys, let's jam it out for a podcast. Like that's the stuff I want to do because it's it's fun. It's not so restrictive. And I hate authority as it is already. And but back to the I digress, but back to the whole th- like, you know, what I kind of enjoy is, you know, <clears throat> I went home and, you know, I I've, my wife bought me a GoPro for uh, Christmas. So to kind of like kickstart my my drive, because I'm still like dealing with like, man, I don't want to do anything. Not even the shit that makes me happy. But I still have video from our trip to Colorado when we went on the uh, Operation Healing Forces uh, uh, getaway that I haven't even like cut, haven't like put into like the program. But you bet your butt, I'm like trying to like geek out on like Illustrator, like, oh, dude, this is going to be a sick design. And I'm tired of finding time to do that. Uh, sure. Because I can only be behind that computer so long. And then just like the military, though, something that interests me, you know, I paid a price for that. You know, this is my second marriage. I paid a price the first marriage because the military, the schools, the deployments were just so fascinating. The guys were so fascinating to me. I. I went home and I was still working on it. So I had to find more times to be, to find that hobby, to find my little, what is it uh, from a uh, step brothers, the find your dinosaur, your little, your little dinosaur inside. Uh, <clears throat> and, but yeah, softly is definitely giving me that window and really making it super clear. And my wife challenged me though last night, cause I'm currently doing online uh, college and uh, I'm finishing up my second to last semester. So I have two more classes left. And so by May I'm done. Rounds complete. Gonna have a bachelor's degree. Super stoked. Fuck yeah, man. But she's like, she's like, why are you, you like totally not happy. You gaffed this off. Like you put in like zero. I'm like game in the game, Aaron. Like I, I'm, I know exactly what I can get away with. And I am like walking that line like a professional <clears throat> and it's not the right thing to do, but I've never quit anything in my life and I'm not sticking to my guns to not quit. It's just, I'm that close, you know, I didn't ask to get out of the military early, but I'm going to walk away with, you know, all that experience. And then, you know, just something that, Hey, I completed this and fuck it. Right. Just move on with my life. Um, but it's a struggle. It's a struggle to keep on grinding on the things that don't drive you. And then 
you know, but the thing is, though, if you, if you start it now, if you say, you know, I'm going to stop now, when, when does that stop? You know, like when's the next speed bump that you hit or that next, not everything's interesting. It's just like marriage, right? Oh, everything's super great. Your first six months and your next six months, it's like super great ish. And then the ish keeps on getting diluted. But yeah. is it, or is it just you, you know, like the person, right? <clears throat> the marriage doesn't make the happiness. The people make the happiness. Yeah. So, uh, kind of like the same thing with the whole like, job and thought process and even with the school. So you just grind it out. And because even my hobby of doing design and product development, stuff like that, <clears throat> there's going to be times where when I just know by the back of my hand, it's going to get kind of monotonous and boring or you got to find balance, man. You got to find that balance and, and continue seeking growth. Yeah. Right. You know, doing the same thing over and over again is you, you know, as you learn this craft, yeah. you're going to change, you know, and embracing that is the process. I think that was a big thing for me as a small business owner for the first few years. It was like, I was waiting. I was like trying to cross some kind of finish line. Like now, right. now I got it. Like <laughs> now, like I got all the money or like the right. things are like, no dude, it's, it's what you do now. Yeah. yeah that's the fallacy of life, right? right? That's the fallacy of human psychology is the, the idea that there ever is a finish right. line other than death. Right. And even, even Facts. if, you know, even if you start, you know, experiencing monetary, you know, success in your business, that's not the finish line. Yeah. Like you mm -hmm. can't, you don't, you can't put it on coast. Like you're moving forward. You're moving yep. backwards. You and start one trying of the, to, one yep. of the best metrics I've found for myself to kind of gauge personal growth is mm. if I can look back, if I can look back on something I was doing six months ago or a year ago and be like, man, that was really good. I'm probably fucked up. Right. You know, if I look back <laughs> on the, if I look back on the shit that I did a year ago or the business decisions I made or whatever, the, the, the process that I was using and I think, God damn it. Yeah. If only I knew then what I know now, yeah. I wouldn't have fucked that up or I'd right. have done it better. Right. You, you you can tell that you're growing a little but bit. But is it not a cathartic experience? For me, it was very cathartic to finally, you know, a few years in, just realize, like, hey, man, it's cool. This isn't like a scam. Yep. This isn't a quick grab. This is what I do. Totally, man. It's not yep. who I am, yep. right? I'm still John. I'm still, no, there's all kinds of other shit handsome. I do and, and, and I'm into. But when it comes to my professional life, this is what I fucking do. Yeah. So just embrace like for a few hours a day, you're going to sit down and answer ridiculous fucking emails, right? <laughs> for, yep. you know, for a few hours a day, you're gonna have to get your, your taxes straight and make sure the numbers are fucking, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And just, it was very cathartic to me. Like, that's okay, dude. It's not, it was much more of a relief than feeling like this constant, like sprint to some kind of finish line or some quick grab and be like, no, no, I made yep. it. There's, there is no, you don't have to, there's no making it right. You're just, you're just doing it. It's just a state of being right. Yep. So, well, I tell you what, for me, that was very zen, man. Yeah, it was a relief, man. I mean, I was like, and 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 there was a mentality too for the first few years as a small business owner, like I'm looking for the home run every day, like right. you know, creating value. This idea that creating value was like signing up ten people that day. Well, there's a certain amount you can do to, to make that happen, mm -hmm. and then there's the part that you don't have control of, like in terms of people got to bridge that gap and come in or show some kind. Of, you have to have some kind of lead. Yep. And the 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 idea that hey, there's other ways to create value, mm -hmm. small details on a granular level day in and day out you don't it's exhausting to be swinging for that home run every yeah. day and not getting any, you know it's like, okay today today is just about getting everything fucking lined up well, exactly yep. organized, so. and that's that's a hard part like you know for me in the military every mission is like its own separate thing right you can you can have a sense of accomplishment you go out and you like conduct a mission you go on a patrol or whatever yeah. you you do what you set out to do you come back you're like we accomplished that today right and it seems like a big deal you know, you went out and you put yourself in the line, you came back and you were good. 
Whereas in the, in the business world, like being able to exercise patience mm. is and, and, and be one with patience, mm. you know, be zenful with patience is so important because things just don't happen overnight or, or on your timeline. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you get super excited about something. Uh, the business that Doug and I own together, we have, we have a small hotel uh, for veterans or for special operations personnel down in uh, Fayetteville. And we're currently doing an expansion right now. And we've got a developer and we're, we're going through all of it and we, we have the land and we're, we're, we're going down that road, but it's just like there's delays and there's things that are just out of my control. I yeah. can't do anything. That you, that you never would have even been able to begin to comprehend until yeah. you got into the process. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it has nothing to do. I, I, can't, I can't work and make it go faster. Yeah. It's just going at the pace it's going right. to go at. And... Uh, that's hard for a lot of people to right. deal with. It's like, man. And something that people wouldn't, ex- like, for example, when it, same thing when I was getting ready, for, trying to find a space to, to open up a gym. I was like, yeah, you go, you find a space, you lease it. Like, I didn't even consider that necessarily much of a step. That mm-hmm. turned into a six-month process. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, th- and I had to like, okay, all this gym and strength and conditioning knowledge, take that out of my brain. I basically just had to be like a self-taught general contractor to get that deal done, get the space built out, get it done right. Sure. Didn't have the money to just pay somebody to come in and, and be an actual general. Like me and a buddy I grew up with came in and did all the work and literally had to be a contractor slash construct, you know, manual labor slash sitting down at the permitting office in Raleigh. Like I'm not leaving here until you guys fix this shit because that's what it took to get the permits, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then, oh, all just to earn the right to, oh, now I get to try to run a gym. You know, yeah. that's the, I, I, I never, that never even occurred to me that that was going to be part of the process. Like, yeah, you find a space, you pay some money, you put the equipment in it, you start like, dude, well, that, so. And even and when you're in this and when you're in that search for that space, you yeah. know, commercial property is super hard. And, and again, I didn't know, and I'm learning a lot about it in the uh, search. It's for a whole the other language you got to learn, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I didn't know anything about that and it doesn't even matter. Like the money isn't. If you doubled your budget or tripled your budget or quadrupled your budget, now you have a whole different set of things. Like, yes, now I can. Now I don't have to bootstrap it. I don't have to build all this stuff myself. I can hire a contractor. Well, now you have to find a contractor. Now you have right. to find a guy you trust. Like, now you have to design <laughs> the it. The level like, of complexity only increases, right? right. Yeah, and it's like, man, it, and you, and it's very easy to, as a business owner, to fall into the trap of if only I had more money or if only I had more funding. Like I could capitalize this and it would, it would work out perfectly. And every time then you get that money and it's like, Oh shit, I didn't realize this was going to be, there was all these things lurking around the corner that I couldn't peek around because I didn't have the capital. Now that I do, I realize that, Holy shit. It's a whole other host of things. (laughs) I didn't realize were going to be a problem. I think as hard as it is in the beginning to do all the stuff yourself, it's actually harder making the transition from doing all that shit yourself where you see, Every single piece to, to give up some of that control. Yeah, giving up that control mm. so that you can focus on growth. <laughs> you know, making sure that you know the plates are still spinning. Yeah. Someone else is spinning them. And the it's right your way. baby, but you got that. Yeah, that was the yeah. second big lesson I learned. Yeah, man. When about eight months in, when I was coaching <clears throat> every class from the six a.m. to the eight through the eight p.m. and trying to take care of my daughters half the week and do the marketing and the and eight months in, it was literally I was literally it was burned out like physically. Yep. I was running off. You know you know, espresso shots and adrenaline for eight months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you really reach the point where it's like, okay, you know, I have no choice. I have to trust somebody. It's like, it's like trusting somebody with your kid. It's yeah. like being that parent and you realize I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I have to be, you know, and that, that yeah, d- d- 
learning that that trust and letting go and seeing that vulnerability as a strength that's a whole nother lesson man yeah <laughs> and it's just hard to write that check man yeah you know hiring those first people yeah. like that's that's coming you as a sole yeah. owner every dollar of net profit yep. comes into your pocket and now yeah. like i've got to take some of that money and give it to somebody else which is, to, which to is do mis- stuff i'm doing yeah, which is a mistake i made for a while like i kept for a long time before i hired any other full-time employees like i'll wait till i start making this the business starts making this kind of money mm-hmm. and then i'll start paying somebody from that. Well, it turns out the only way to make that more money is to add that bandwidth up front, yep, take yep. that risk, make that leap, or the money the money's not just going to magically appear because it turns out you're probably already busting your ass as hard as you could with your bandwidth, which is why you're thinking about hiring somebody in the first place. Yeah. Well, yeah. and so. you know, thinking about what you were saying before about your buddy who's like, "Look at the owner of this bar, he comes in and just like, you know, fucking cashes the check." Right. It's like, "Man, that dude's the last guy to get paid, right? Right. You know, the bank gets paid, the employees get paid, the fucking vendors get paid. The government definitely yep. gets the their shit. The government definitely <laughs> fucking gets paid. And yep. at the end of the day, you know, what's left over that yeah. doesn't go back into the business, that guy gets paid. Yeah. And I guarantee, you know, there's some some months or some stretches of time where that dude's not cashing a paycheck yeah. or he's not catching. Or cashing, he's having to put money into it. You yeah. Know? It's a, it's Negative a, paycheck. Yeah. Yep. Been, so been plenty of months. <clears throat> Or I've taken a negative paycheck, and there's no doubt about that. And but that, I mean, I take always take that as a compliment. You know, if you're running a business well, right? People from the outside sh- should sh- it should look easy. Sure, it's not. Yeah. But if you're doing it right, you know, yeah. people are go, "Oh man, that seems like a super sweet gig, dude." John's probably Maybe making I money hand over fist, like right? mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> making <laughs> it look easy. Well, and I think escaping some of the constraints of like the nine to five gig. Yeah, you know, it's like. Oh, you know, John shows up to do a podcast on Thursday afternoon. Right, like, he must the, he must not be too busy. Right, you know, that's what like I think. it's like, well, hey man, you know, I was up at fucking six thirty doing this thing, or I'm going right. to be up until eleven o'clock doing this other thing. Or hey, I I sat inside the four walls of my business for long enough trying to micromanage it to realize that hey, I need to get some great people in here around me and trust and pay them up front so I can go collaborate and get yeah. outside these four walls because. You know, four years in, and and no one still knows you're there. And you know, you know you're the best gym in town, but no one knows you even fucking exist. And you realize, like, I mean, again, you got like, there's a significant part of me sitting here right now that's like, I should be at the gym, like doing something at the gym, cleaning or talking to people, or like, you know, must you, be doing something. Yeah, that need for control to appease yeah. that anxiety. You have to overcome. I mean, that anxiety is real, man. Anxiety is a is a powerful force. Like, yeah. oh, but I know, I know philosophically and theoretically that I'm better off here doing stuff like this with you guys, building these relationships. Not to mention, I just love hanging out with you guys, but <clears throat> we love you too, John. Thanks buddy. But, um, you know, you got, you gotta, you gotta have faith in that and know that. And I had to be like, you know, a lot of the, all the lessons I learned, it's not because I was some kind of business savant. It's because I, all I was smart enough to do was realize that, Hey, what I'm doing right now isn't working or maybe it's working, but I, I, I know I could be more efficient. Well, yeah. You know, so for the first few years, I did sit inside those four walls. Sure. And tried to, you know, it's not like I realized right off the bat, like I should be out in the community. Well, identifying more. where you're the most valuable within your own business as right. you accumulate employees is right. like super duper hard. And it's right. also extremely hard, like when you go from that like pupa to chrysalis. Like I, I feel when you first start hiring employees and you're shedding off tasks that you've been doing as a new business owner, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to trust people that right. they're going to do it with the same level of. Passion, passion and, and fastidiousness and attention yeah. to detail that you do it. 
and a lot of that is accomplished just through direction, right? right? You know, there's a, a there's a famous book on entrepreneurship called The E Myth. Have you read it? Mm-mm. So it's it's basically about uh, franchise uh, formation. Like if you have a, the difference between uh, being a contractor and being a business owner, mm-hmm. a lot of people that own businesses are not business owners. They're contractors for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, if they walked away from the business, it would not exist as an entity. Right. You know, whereas a business is a is a thing. It's well, a living, breathing itself, right. thing. It's you a know? creation. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, the book the, is about transitioning from one to the other. And a lot of that's through the codification of processes and mm-hmm. things like that. But the biggest thing is like you write down, like I do this task every day and I don't, I, I don't have the time for it anymore. I'm going to hire someone to do it. So I'm going to write down exactly how I accomplish it, how I accomplish it, what right looks like. And then I'm going to trust that somebody is going to be able to do that. Right. You know, of course you, you like, you're their boss. You still make sure that it's being done, but well, and, it's really hard to yeah. like make that. And I think leap. a lot of that goes back to what, what Aaron touched on earlier is, you know, you know, magnetizing the correct people. People want to touch the magic, so to speak. So it all goes back. If you're in it for the right reasons, if you're doing something you're truly passionate about, right, you're going to be successful about it. And that energy and that magic, so to speak, is going to attract the kind of people that you can trust. It's not an accident, yep. right? It's not like, oh man, I just luckily well, got surrounded by great people. It's also know? going to attract some people you can't trust. Right. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think that one of the things that, that you touched on without getting into it specifically is one of the things that I think um, people like veterans and especially people from the special operations community have as a strength that they can use when going into entrepreneurship. One of the, and that is not making the same mistake twice or not getting totally blinded by stress and just like shutting down in the face of adversity. Great point. Um, And I think that, you know, everyone, you make a plan, especially starting a business, you have a, an idea in your mind of like how it's going to go and then you fucking launch it and it's like, all right, man, all right, now time to start adjusting, nah. right? <laughs> yeah. and time for the real plan to kick in, right? Yeah. yeah. Some kind of audible, right? Yeah. If when, when that first adversity comes, if you are adamant about, no, everyone else is right, everyone else is wrong, like I'm doing this right, but clearly the signals are coming in like, no, man, this needs to change. Right. And you're not willing to listen to that or, you know, you hit that first wall of adversity and you just literally instead of saying, I'm not going to change. Yeah. It's just like, I'm just going to stop because I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that are like the major killers. Right. And so to hear you say, well, I'm going to do this and then, you know, kind of figure it out and continuing trying to continue to try and figure it out. All that is about learning lessons and like trying not to make the same mistake right. over and over again. Right. You, you, touched, you touched on one of like the most misused idioms, I believe, in business, which is the customer is always right. Mm-hmm. And like it's used in day to day, like as in I'm the customer and I have a complaint about this thing. Therefore, like you need to service me. But the real usage of it originally was exactly as you say, the customer is always right. If you're running a business and everyone is telling you like, hey, man, this thing needs to change or this thing needs to change. You're not selling it. That's what it means. Like the cut, like a lot of people have trouble listening to their customers and what the people that they're trying right. to sell to or provide a service for actually want, because when their mind, what they really want is 
what you really want is what you're providing, but you're right. not listening to them. Yeah. Which I think is all great points. And I think it goes back to the overlying kind of theme that we've been pushing is that if you're doing it for some type of self-serving ego purposes or to achieve some kind of, right, a, a big reason, that's a, a perfect example of how that's going to set you up for failure, right? Yep. I, I started this business because I want to I want to help people and I want to provide for my family. So if if if, th- if if I'm getting like you said I'm getting the feedback whether monetary or people around things aren't going right, and and it's like oh it's as simple as oh I'm just fucking something up. Mm-hmm. Awesome, I would gladly accept that. Take the hit on the ego because sure. what I really care about isn't my ego or some kind of self self gratification or or self fulfillment or self anything. I truly just want the business, you know, to the point that if somewhere, you know, my business consultant or the people where it came up to me today, like, hey, John, look, you know, the, the way the business is going to be successful is for you to just completely step away from it right now. And they had the data to break it up, back mm-hmm. it up. Cool. I'm out. Right. Because it's yeah. not about it's not about that title or that image or, you know. You know, I th- I th- I th- it's all about the beard. <laughs> <laughs> the beard actually might be going soon too, but that's a whole. Oh no! Yeah, summertime or yeah, springtime. I think. All right, trimming yeah. it down or taking it all off. Trimming it down significantly. Yeah, I feel like if you take it all off, there's got to be some kind of like charity thing involved there, man. Yeah, like, you can't can't you just need go to clean like, shaving for no reason. Yeah, you need to hang it in the bo- in the gym. You know, right? like the short beard. Well, <laughs> it grows pretty quick, man. So it's, it's actually been l- longer than this before cut off goes so it's not you know it's not like something i mean this was less than a year it's not really yeah wow that is impressive man like seven months maybe six months that's pretty good not bad people but. can't see it but i'm uh gonna estimate from over here that that's about what 14 15 inches yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably braided at this point <laughs> right um no that's awesome man yeah well <clears throat> yeah i think uh I think it's awesome to see like what you've done so far. I think it's cool that you're excited about taking over the, yeah. the family business, Marina out in Swansboro. Yeah. So how's that going to work for you? I mean, so you know, went down there with, with my business development dude, who, who's who's great. He's been a you know, and that was a, a a big thing too of trusting someone from the outside like that to come in and tell and tell you know, in a lot of ways, tell you how fucked up you are in certain areas. Um, but we went down and did a side assessment, and um, we didn't didn't really know what to to expect right i mm-hmm. i knew it my uncle's been running that place for going on 50 years dudley's marina it's a i mean it's just 50 years yeah, wow 40 50 years i mean it's been in the started off as a golf station i don't know if you remember the golf service stations yeah. they just had had a dock behind it that was a, a charter charter boat dock three or four charter boats on it right. my uncle was the one that went in and put in the big dry stack and a ship store and the dude knows everything there is to know about you know big game fishing and boats and water and motors and tides and wetlands and you name it right mm-hmm. um but you know he's also a very independent very you know, strong-willed human being which i can relate to right. so up to this point i've i've known like, hey I'm, I'm staying all the way out of it mm-hmm. until i have until if and when i have the green light to just to to, to do it all the way mm-hmm. right so uh, we went down and, d- and did a side assessment and the good news is, is that we got an awesome crew already down there mm-hmm. so everybody you know there's guys our mechanics down there have been there literally longer than i've been alive they've been which is kind of rare these well, days, you know. They've been they've been with yeah. Dudley's Marina for you know for going on forty years. Some of them, uh, so they know their job, you know. So it just it's um, just needs a. You're going to tear it all down and turn it into a Top Golf. <laughs> well, <laughs> well the, the first thing we're going to do is, is start selling booze. Oh, so really? Dudley's yeah? Marina has never sold any alcoholic beverages. That's going to change for uh, for what reason? Um, so 
Um, Hatred of profit? Uh, you know, uh, talk, it's, it's a great question. And it's getting into some fa- family dynamics with that in terms of I, f- I finally sat my uncle down. I was like, hey, you know, can you help me understand why we, why we don't sell booze? Why are you so adamantly against it? And, um, you know, it's a small town and there was there's some, you know, um, he, d- he doesn't like being around or having to deal with drunks. Yeah. You know, he had some bad experiences with that growing up in the small mm-hmm. town. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's simple, man. You know, it's a. Uh, we're just getting offsite permit. They won't, it won't be like, well, what are you going to do when people drink? Like, call the cops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, I think a lot of it was down. I mean, the guy's 70 some years old and just having the energy to deal with it, to deal with it and sure. introduce something new. It's changed. People, yeah. people will, will spend 10 times the energy it takes to initiate the change, to resist it. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's, you know, like we talked, it's, it's a, it's the path of least well, resistance. Especially he's been right for 50 years. You know, there's, that's a talk about a ship headed right. one yeah. direction. Right. You know, you have these, and people fall victim to their own biases constantly. Right. And you, and, and to him, it's just a non-starter. And that's why I'm really, I'm, I'm proud of him and stoked that it worked out the way it did. He's like, you know, he's stepping away. Like it's, it's a complete transition. I imagine power, that's so. super difficult for him. It's, Talking yeah. about being a, you know, having a business and that's being your identity. Yeah. I bet that that's it's just all, all dude has ever life, known. Yeah. You know? And that's why, you know, he's still going to be welcome to come over there and hang out with his buddies and tell fishing stories and show like that. But yeah. anyway, to get back to the original question, I'll be able to do most of the work from Raleigh and do a few site visits on um, a month and just make sure people actually have, you know, like we talked about before in small visit, have a structure, have some key performance indicators, you be able to know and have someone to report to, to know that like, Hey, I'm doing a good job. The business is headed in the right direction and build some sustainability into, into the model. Right. So, well, especially when you've had a crew that's been there for so long, yeah, you know, it, it, it comes with a lot of trust, right? Right. So it's not taking over an operation yeah. where someone all of a sudden, and they know your uncle, they know you're part of the family. Right. It's not right. like, Oh, Hey, we, you know, we've got some absentee business owner and right. now it's time for, the inmates start running. And it doesn't sound like you're going to run in there and just make a ton of sweeping changes. No, I'm not going to tell them how to do shit. So the, the big thing that I'm focused on at, at, at my level is uh, the culture cons- currently consists around looking out for my uncle and looking out for each other. And yeah. all I'm trying to introduce into that culture is the idea is that the way we do that is with sustainable business. Yep. Making money. And then that's how we're going to take it. We, everybody takes care of it. It's just a very small town mentality. So it's, you know, it shouldn't be... It is somewhat of a paradigm shift in the culture, but it should align pretty well with the 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 structure and the and the the morals that are already there, right? So, I feel like we need a softly boat now. Yeah, that'd be right. awesome, right? <laughs> Dude, it's 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 the water's a lot of fun, but that's it, a typical thing too. Like, oh, running a marina, dude, what an awesome job! Well, running a marina doesn't mean riding around on a boat, <laughs> right? catching bluefin tuna all day, right? It's, yeah, man. Uh, so one of the guys that uh, actually he works for us now. When he moved to North Carolina, he thought, you know what? Like, I love dogs. I'm going to open a doggy daycare place. Mm-hmm. I want to work for myself, you know, whatever. Started looking around, and he, uh, he'd he come up with kind of a couple different concepts about he, how he was going to do things a little bit differently. And intelligently, he was like, you know what? I'm going to go work for a doggy daycare place first and, like, kind of get to get to see the ground truth, going. right? Yeah. Dude, he was there for one fucking day. He was like, fuck this. And he came home and he was like, man, like 90% of that job is like bleaching floors and cleaning up shit. Like, 
you know, like I like hanging out with my dog, but that's not the business. Yeah. You know, the business right. is like taking care of other people's dogs and right. fucking cleaning up messes and like. And, that, and I saw that firsthand with my uncle, man. And you know, he's a very you know like kind of like a hardworking blue collar. T- I mean, you know, he went to college and whatnot, but a big part of his business and the way in and growing up, you know, he was looking out for the the commercial fishermen. Mm-hmm. And you can go to Dudley's Marine and find any part that you need. You can go to you know he's. There's a lot of identity and ego wrapped around, you know, whereas I'm coming in new blood, fresh perspective, like, hey, this thing need, forced and first and foremost needs to make money, needs to be, yeah. be profitable. And, you know, in all honesty, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that in that department, but well, um, lines up well because turns out running a successful business is what I've been working on for the last six years. So all those lessons that I've learned the last yep. six years, you know, a lot of ways the hard way. I, well, and that's bringing a lot of value to the business, right? right? So, right. It's pretty rad, man. Yeah, We're gonna thanks, have to take man. a trip down there and yeah. check it yeah, out. We're yeah, we were excited. talking about. Uh, I was talking about with uh, Roque, you know, our yeah. our, uh, our softly buddy down in Texas. He's a big time predator hunter. Oh yeah, we got some coyotes down on the farm down there in Swansboro. All right, we spend our days, you know, catching some redfish or yeah, man, and then some nights trying to get on some preds down there, man. I like so. it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we've been talking. Uh, trying to, I think I'm pretty close to. Maybe picking some dates, talking about doing like a overnight camp out at Cape Lookout, oh, or okay. you know, softly, softly team beach day is coming. Yeah, so, I love it. You know, it's uh, it's awesome getting out there. Yeah. Well, John, if you can leave us with like one one sage piece of wisdom for veterans that are interested in entrepreneurship, what uh, what can you distill it down to? One or can it kind of like a just a you quick it, phrase? Yeah. Okay, quick, quick so thing. I'll say number one, you know, find something that you're passionate and you're good at, mm-hmm. right? And then try to find and obviously the but the only reason to, to open a business is to make money, right? So right. something something you're passionate about and you're good at and has the propensity to make money, mm-hmm. right? And then once you do that, it's kind of like it's kind of like having a kid, right? Don't wait until you're quote unquote ready. Yep, you're never going to be ready. And this I'm still this is coming out of a a, a book I read by Stephen Pressfield called "Do the Work," mm-hmm. um, but you know you get you get two two to three books to read on on this the shit you're trying to to accomplish. Yeah, and then and then start. If you wait until you're quote unquote ready, you have all the money you could ever need. You've read taken all the courses you could ever need. You've read all the you're you're never going to reach that point. There's no safety no. net. There's no guarantee. Let's well, start doing the no, work. There's no. Um, replacement for doing it There's right no, you know doing it is where you learn that's where you learn exactly you're not going to get that out of a book you're not going to get that you know and, and you're and, and so so start start the work start mm-hmm. the universe will begin to conspire to help you once you get that minimum in the direction you want it's and, funny how that happens and two expect from the beginning the great white whale that's going to come out of nowhere and try to fuck your shit up kind of like what aaron said when it, don't not if adversity hurt hits not yeah. if things don't go right. When they don't, yep. be ready for it and just decide not to fucking quit, right? Yeah, man. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Cody. Thank you, guys. Brian, thanks for joining us all today. We will come back at you next week from Softlead HQ. Over and out. <laughs>